The galaxy is burning. Brother fights brother. And treason splits the Imperium of Man. This is the Age of Darkness. Welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat. Coming to you from within the depths of the Vengeful Spirit. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Remembrancer's Retreat, a Warhammer 30k Horus Heresy podcast. My name is Jesse. I'm here today with Will. Hello. And Jason. Hey guys, what's going on? So uh, in the eternal foot and mouth issue of when I actually say to the, you know, to the world, hey, we're going to do a Dreadnought podcast next week. Yeah, couldn't do a Dreadnought podcast next week. Mm-mm-mm. That's what you get for planning things. Mea, out mea culpa. I, that's what I get for saying stuff out loud. Yeah. The universe loves dramatic irony. It really does. And apparently hates you in particular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it could hate me a whole lot more, but I'm not going to tempt that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking alpha Legion today, right? That's right. Is that what we're doing? We're going to start. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're going to go start going through the Legionis Astartes rules and, uh, but with a twist, we're doing it backwards until we get bored and skip the word bearers yeah. for some reason. Every, I don't know. every other fucking podcast out there is going forwards. Not us, baby. <laughs> Hold on to your seats because we're going fucking backwards. I hope you're ready. Twenty to one. I don't know. Yeah. Lore bomb. Uh, technically, we are starting with the first found Primarch. You're right. Spoiler alert <laughs> for anyone who hasn't read Alpharius. Yeah, we did a uh, episode a few months back. I want to say about the Alpha oh, Legion, and my God, it's that was so a lot good. of fun. And we yes, never did so any of the other legions like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly, I think uh, Alpha Legion then have a special place in this community's heart. I guess is what we're you know that's what we're getting at. We've, here. we've got a handful of Alpha Legion players. Definitely, I Jason know I have always them. liked them ever since the Dynat model came out. I have always really liked the idea of them, mm-hmm. and you know their paint scheme is very unique. I think. Yeah, the the reflective blues green sort of thing is cool. They're, they've got a lot going for them, you know. Yeah, uh, Caro has Alpha Legion painted up by uh, one of our local uh, players, Mike. Yeah, uh, that paint scheme, uh, Mike DeBolt's uh, Alpha Legion, is what got me to try my hand at something similar. Mm-hmm. And speaking of paint scheme, I absolutely love. How in their original black book entry, there's this little excerpt that says like uh, Alpha Legion have been seen in like two dozen different color schemes. Uh, yeah. We're not sure which one is the right one, so go nuts. Yeah, if if none of them are right, then they're all right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, way back when in Legion uh, by Dan Abnett, uh, they had purple power armor with steel colored trim. So the sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even then. No, but not. I mean, the warp's the limit for them. I think you know, <laughs> not a lot of warp stuff going on. I I don't think. But uh, I do want to start kind of like in the heraldry area, just because these guys look so cool with that Mark Six that that like brass faceplate. And then all their different heraldry, which, you know, th- those are just the ones we know of. I can't even imagine what other stuff they have. Like, their decal sheet must be insane. You know what I mean? Just full of iconography that we have no idea what it actually means. 
Yeah, I'm looking at the color panel right now on... Oh, shoot. The... Um, right after the heraldry page. The one with the contemptor and the uh, uh, land raider? One before that. Oh, okay, gotcha. Alpha gotcha. Legion colors? Yep, gotcha. Uh, I see it there. Because that dude has one of my favorite helmets... I don't know why. I love that little like Greek style, you know, little mm-hmm. faceplate and mm-hmm. little I don't know why you need a nose guard, you know, on a <laughs> on a full face yeah. helmet already, but it looks cool. Holy shit. Yeah. Alpha Legion definitely so going with the uh rule of cool, it looks like. Oh yeah. Um But so Jason, you're playing Alpha Legion, right? Uh it's actually the only Legion I have played so far in the second edition. Okay. And it so, is spectacular. Yeah. You guys want to dive into some rules then? Absolutely. Yeah, let's talk right through on. it. You want to take it away, Jason? Oh, sure. Happy to. All right. So, Alpha Legion. Gorgeous on the tabletop, but also gorgeous rules-wise. Uh, their rules are nice and subtle and concise, and they have the same... Um, Let's see. Uh, they have the same uh, inventory rules as you know everybody else. Theirs is called a subtle panoply. Uh, you know, it just gives them access to the unique war gear items uh, specific to the Alpha Legion. Mm-hmm. Uh, same warlord trait rules. Uh, theirs is called Sons of the Hydra. You can pick one of their three warlord traits, uh, and you get a special console. Theirs is called the Saboteur. Uh, you'll remember him from the first edition, but let me talk about the glory that is lies and obfuscation, their Legionis Astartes trait. Uh, a model with a special rule is considered to be two inches further away than it actually is when measuring range to it from any enemy model for the purpose of resolving a shoot attack, shooting attack, charge, or any reaction declared by an enemy model or unit, which is cumulative to any other modifiers to range imposed by rules, such as night fight or war gear like shroud bombs. Okay. Will and I were just talking about this before we hopped on and started recording. So two inches for shooting, not that big of a deal. Now, you can combine it with things like shroud bombs, and now you're eight inches away. That might actually make a little bit of difference. But where it is spectacular is in the 12 inches and less category. Should have worded that differently. When you're 12 (laughs) inches or less. (laughs) When you're in that 12-inch engagement zone, uh, is spectacular because things like withdraw and advance are gauged off 12 inches. Now it's 10 inches for your opponent. Uh, And charges, negative two inches to a charge is huge. It completely cancels out uh, anything up to, what would that be, movement 10 uh, gives you a plus two bonus, uh, cancels that out completely. It's essentially forcing your opponent to constantly charge through difficult terrain. That's not to say... Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, you're oh, probably yeah. just about to say it was on yeah, top of uh, already having to charge through terrain. Yes. So, I mean, a nice little setup there, like four inches to a charge, even on stuff like assault marines, is going to be a huge pain for them. Mm-hmm. And it is phenomenal. 
it takes a little bit of forethought to plan exactly uh, how far, you know, because if you've been playing a different Legion, you definitely have to recalibrate a little bit and, you know, think with like this two inch difference in mind now, but it is absolutely worth it because it's so many like fun obstacles for your opponent, which is perfect for Alpha Legion. Now, uh, also perfect for Alpha Legion, um, the rewards of treachery, very similar to their Rite of War, uh, Coils of the Hydra, from last time around. So there's a whole lot of wording with this, and I understand what you know they're trying to do is like you know sort out a whole bunch of different variables. But what it comes down to is uh, any other uh, fun, unique unit for a different legion, as long as it has their version of Legionis Astartes. Uh, you can take a unit of it. Uh, doesn't matter what it is, where it comes from, loyalist, traitor, go nuts. Like, you want Galvor back? Done. You want Imperial Fist Huskarls? No clue why you would, but you can do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this makes no restriction to core or expanded. So this yeah. whole new PDF of the legacies that dropped, the exemplary battles, they are ready for picking by the Alpha Legion. Mm-hmm. It's good times. Now, personally, uh, my Alpha Legion company is the 44th Heavy Assault Company. Uh, they're based on the Paramar campaign, which, um, if you guys have read that before, it's all about a horse trying to blood the Alpha Legion into proving themselves uh, able to operate not like you know sneaky cloak and dagger but like out and out full legion heavy assault warfare that's what my company's based on uh when the alpha legion have to kick out all the stops bring out the big guns and get the work done on a time schedule like they don't have time for all this heroin insertion like operative nonsense uh, so my personal pick was a small unit of Iron Circle, the Domitar Ferrum. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just a real subtle little unit, nothing yeah. too big. Absolutely. And at first, I was going to try and stick a Legion champion in there. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, Iron Circle can no longer be joined by a single independent character. Hmm. It has to be either Perturabo... Uh, and he actually makes them better. He gives them a five-up feel-no-pain. Or uh, a model with the Master of Automata special rule. Interesting. Uh, which right now I think is just Pravians and Forge Lords. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, a Forge Lord is pretty nasty considering they get a Machinator array now instead of a servo arm. But I'm getting way off track. Anywho, uh, so yeah, anything, any unit you want that's unique to another Legion, Snap one up. It's yours today. Deathwing companions. Deathwing companions? Heck. Like, Keep your HQ units safe. Absolutely. Yeah, my, my number one thing is going to be Caesarians. I mean, Caesarians, <laughs> I think they would just go perfect. They're a melee unit with the minus two. I, yeah, I, I just they just scream, yeah, absolutely. Go for yeah. it. I think you mentioned this, but yeah, and, uh, unique characters cannot be picked even if they have legions yes. of Stardis, so that is true. The only thing that you cannot take is unique things. Like, is the it, um, world leader or not world leader? Uh, uh, word bearer dreadnought unique? 
the Margal. Or are you not allowed to take uh, Margal? Right. Are you allowed to take Dreadnoughts or is it just infantry? Uh, you can definitely take Dreadnoughts. Any model with oh, the Legionis Astartes X rule. Oh, shit. Mm. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, the only restriction I'm seeing here is unique unit subtype. So, Correct. Wowzers. Wowzers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. What about those Dark Angel Automata? Those, oh, The Exendio is uh, I was, <laughs> It does not have Legion. That was my first idea. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Damn. Oh, I like okay. the second that uh, Legacy PDF came out. I was like scrolling through for an Exendio. Because I was like, how funny would it be, and how perfectly Alpha Legion would it be to take like an ancient heretical, like sentient intelligence, and like stuff it into a drop pod that'll rattle it around like angry bees <laughs> in a can, and then fire it straight into the middle of like <laughs> you know an enemy position, and just yeah. let it go nuts. Ooh. But I mean, it makes sense not having Legion as a starter. So I was thinking yeah. like a Dreadwing awesome. Interemptor squad. Mm-hmm. Get your flamer plasma on. Also, oh, a good yeah. choice. Yeah. And it, I mean, every time I think about it, the minus two is so big. Like, it definitely would help mm-hmm. out the plasma flamer guys getting closer without being, you know, beaten up so much. So, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it, it's such a good core rule. It definitely adds on itself. Like, for it's it's small, but it's always going to be useful. Um, and speaking of, uh, the second half of the page, the Alpha Legion Advanced Reaction. Uh, so this one's called Smoke and Mirrors, and it's a shooting phase reaction. Uh, when the enemy player declares a shooting attack targeting a friendly unit of your Alpha Legion models uh, before resolving the shooting attack, and that is important. It's not like evade or return fire uh, that you wait until after the shooting attack, you see what happens. Uh, this is before the shooting attack. Um, you can redeploy the entire unit anywhere within 12 inches of its original position. Then it scatters mm. D6 inches. <laughs> oh and, my gosh. Yeah, it's real, real great. Again, in those like short, you know, like the 12 inch engagement zone, it's spectacular because if it puts you out of effective range, then the shooting attack is lost and you're in your new position now. Yeah. Uh, it's good times. Uh, what's also super funny, uh, I have used it once to, I always imagine like, you know, making that nightcrawler bamf sound uh, before popping up and scattering. Uh, I've used it for a dreadnought uh, <laughs> to shoot him 12 inches closer to a pretty uh, upset recon squad. That was pretty good. <laughs> oh, wow. It's like, that was a mistake, boys. Yep. And it should also be noted that if you move the model out of a way to where it's out of line of sight or out of range of the opponent, mm. they don't get to make another shot. They yeah. basically lose that shooting attack. Wow. Okay. That's solid. That's solid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's good times. The Alpha Legion are fittingly frustrating. From what I've seen so far. Very much so. So, uh, well, <laughs> speaking of frustrating, uh, <laughs> the next page over, uh, for their Warlord traits, the first one I'm never going to use because it's Loyalist only. But, you know, just for the sake of completion, uh, an, uh, the Mobius configuration, and 
I definitely read that as Morbius, like the first half <laughs> it's dozen times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's going to age well when people listen to this sometime in the future. <laughs> It'll never not be funny. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, up on IMDb, kids. Yeah, it's, it's fun times. It was a brief point of history. Uh, so... An army whose warlord has this trait counts any allied detachment that has any version of the Legionis Astarte special rule as though it had fellow warriors, regardless of the variant it actually has. Uh, units from this allied detachment are removed that are removed as casualties do not score victory points for the opposing player, regardless of the mission objectives in play. And if all models that were part of the allied detachment have been removed as casualties by the end of the battle, the controlling player gains plus one victory point. Uh, now, downside, no unit in the Allied Detachment may make reactions of any kind, but the first unit in the primary detachment to make a reaction each turn does not use up a point of the controlling player's reaction allotment when making that reaction. So, like, it's not bad. Like, it sort of makes sense. Like, they're undercover operatives, like, doing the business, like... Uh, what what was the saying from like God and Futurama? Like, do your job right, and nobody will know you were even there. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that definitely seems like an appropriate loyalist Alpha Legion sentiment, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what this is trying to represent. But I mean, it's only going to be so good. Yeah, it, this would lead you to kind of make an Allied detachment a little bit more points heavy than you normally would. I would think. Yeah. Or, but that being said, if any version of Legion is a Stardust X, as though it had fellow warriors, that allows you to take pretty much anybody. And even though it's a loyalist only uh, faction, that allows you to roll in, I'd assume, traitor legions as well. Hmm. I didn't even think of that. I mean, do you think I'm right in that assumption? I mean,. Which honestly would make even more sense if you're a loyalist. You pretend, hey, I'm bad guy Alpha Legion. Let's go kill the Emperor. Come on over here, Iron Warriors uh, guy. Let's yeah. go uh, take care of this guy. That's a good point. Okay. Iron yeah. Warriors die. Success. <laughs> One that victory makes, point, please. Perfect sense. Okay. Yeah. It, it makes more narrative sense now than walking through in my head. All right. Yeah. It helped to talk that out because I never would have thought of that in a million years just reading it by myself. Although it is a shame. It is it is a bit of a shame it's a loyalist only. Yeah. I can I see mean, it go both ways with that one. They can't all be winners. <laughs> That's, you know, there's got to be some restriction, I suppose. Yeah. But uh, and that one, I might, that I, makes might sense. I might, I might steal that one. We'll see what happens. But um, next off, uh, Pretty universally useful, uh, Master of Lies. So for this Warlord trait, at the start of the battle, once all players have deployed, including infiltrators and scouts, and the sees the initiative roll has been made, uh, you can pick up to three of your own units, and you can redeploy them as you wish uh, within the constraints of the mission being played. Uh, they can be put into reserves, but they can't be brought out of reserves and onto the battlefield or assigned to like deep strike, subterranean, flanking, any of that nonsense. Um, in addition, you can make an additional reaction during the opposing player's movement phase, so long as the warlord has not been removed. Like this may just be because I am like not as tactically flexible 
and creative yet in the second edition, but movement reactions um, in the movement phase never seem as useful to me as shooting and assault phase reactions. Well, I think when you start playing a few more, you might reconsider that considering you still have that two inch subterfuge. Lies with that, with, yeah, <laughs> with that two inch uh, extra movement that they have to take, stacking that on top of that. I could see it, but it's never going to be as much fun as Hydran Excursor. Okay. <laughs> you, you've got your favorite already. <laughs> I, I do. I'm not going to lie. That's because uh, the next one down is terrific. It's not locked to anything. Um, but the warlord with this trait select any variant of the Legionis Astartes rule other than Legionis Astartes Alpha Legion at the start of the battle before any models are deployed. Uh, now that warlord and any unit he has gained will gain a plus one bonus to all hit rolls made against models with that variant of Legionis Astartes. Also, he can take an extra reaction during the shooting phase. Uh, always going to be good. Yeah. Like, yeah. That is handy. Guess, like, on something shooting heavy that's probably not going to get into combat as much, like the um, Vigilator, he's already got Ballistic Skill 6 and a Mastercrafted Bolter, so bumping him up to Ballistic Skill 6 is not going to make, like, a huge amount of difference. True. But you can stick him in another unit, and at that point, he's basically a free Cognosignum that you don't have to give up your own shooting attack for. Yeah. Oh, another big thing, too, though, is it is just a flat plus one to all to hit rolls. It works in combat as well. Oh, you were right. I did not notice that. That's yeah. significant. It was really nice. Uh, my first game ever, I used it on my Legion Champion and a squad of Breachers. Uh, and it was instrumental in taking down a tactical squad that was almost double their own size. A little bit of luck on my part, but uh, Hydran Excursor definitely made the difference. It's good times. All right. Anything else while we're here on the Warlord traits? No, I, th- I think they're pretty cool. Uh, they all have fill their own niche. I think mm. while mm-hmm. your favorite is the Hydran Excursor for good reasons, I feel like depending on how you play master of lies could be useful depending on your game style. If you like to like control the board and Moby's configuration has a very nice fluffy feel to it. If you're really wanting to delve into a, uh, into a lore based type of army. I do think the Morbius configuration is like the, definitely the narrative, like best of the three. Yeah. Especially now that like a, you know, we talked through it. It does. Narratively, it's definitely the winner. Mm-hmm. I will give it that. But from a gameplay aspect, Hydrant Excursor is pretty darn good. Yeah, it's never <laughs> not going to be good. I can't, I it, can't it say It would be difficult not things. to take that. That's for sure. Huh, it's Flat, good plus times. one hit's always good. Mm-hmm. Just ask Imperial Fists. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So that being said, so before in the past, I know for the Dark Angels in the last edition, we skipped the rights of war and go into the armory and the units just because the rights of war talk to different units that we haven't really covered yet. 
Oh, that's a good point. Okay, so we want to do armory, then units, then right to war? Yeah, then fall back on the rights is usually the best way to do it. Yep. Can do. All right. Armory of the Alpha Legion. Good stuff all around. Uh, First off, power daggers. You know them. You love them. They're still strength three, still AP three. However, two huge bonuses now. Now, I will say it is a bit of a shift because they are no longer specialist weapons. I know previously it was kind of like the Alpha Legion little special, you know, fun uh, five-point upgrade to give you an extra bonus attack on that Power Fist or Thunder Hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately now can't do that anymore. Uh, they actually scooted that over to sons of Horus. Uh, they have a specialist. Oh, shoot. I forget what it's called. It's this wonky little like hatchet ax. Um, basically the same thing. Gotcha. But, uh, however, power daggers are pretty darn good, uh, because while they are strength three, AP three, uh, they have Sudden Strike 1 and Breaching 5+, plus, which means on the turn you charge, you get a plus 1 initiative bonus, which puts you up to 5 for, say, Headhunters, mm-hmm. uh, who come stock with them. And or whilst, 6 if you put it on HQ. Oh, yeah. Good point. Um, but uh, oh, uh, while they are still Strength 3... Uh, breaching five plus means every time you wound a marine at toughness four, it's going to be AP two. So pretty great. At uh, four. Oh right, right. Because strength three duh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> threw me off there for a second. <laughs> yeah, no worries. You don't see strength three on a lot of uh, space marine weaponry. You don't. It's a little odd, just because um, I don't think sets. Well, definitely more so in second edition. Uh, set strength weapons don't tend to be that common. Almost everything's like strength the user. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are not a whole lot of instances where that's going to make a huge difference, but it is a set strength weapon. Yeah. So if you so happen to benefit from the biomancy boost, uh, you'd mm-hmm. still be strength three. True. I can't really think of an instance other than that that would make a big deal. Yeah, but... but Anywho. Striking that initiative, well, bonus initiative if you charge in. Yeah. And the breaching. It's a, yeah, it's a tool that will take a little bit of technique to use, but still very handy, I think. Because headhunters are never going to be like a heavy assault unit, Mm -hmm. uh, but they are terrific when paired with their other cool armory item, the Bane Strike Bolter. Mm -hmm. Uh, So these are the same ones that the Sons of Horus get. Uh, any model with independent character and Alpha Legion can exchange a bolter for a Bane Strike bolter or a combi bolter for a Bane Strike combi bolter for five points each. Uh, it's definitely worth it. Uh, oh, uh, any models in a Legion Seeker squad uh, can exchange the Kraken bolters for Bane Strike bolters for no additional points, mm-hmm. or uh, any models in the Veteran squad. Uh, can exchange their normal bolters for Bane Strike bolters for two points. Don't know how valuable that is. Um, you do you do keep the specialist ammo for your Seekers other than the Kraken bolts. But 
because uh, the Bane Strike Bolter uh, is range 18 inches, rapid fire, so a little bit shorter range than your normal Bolter. Uh, however, it is Strength 5, AP 4, Breaching 6 plus. Yeah. So, uh, which is terrific, especially with, uh, again, something like Headhunters, when you light up a squad from 8 or 9 inches away, which is, again, within that 12 inches as... Um, engagement zone that the alpha legion really excel at like mm-hmm. these little short range firefights mm-hmm. um and i know i've been talking about uh, headhunters a lot and that's because they're spectacular now uh anybody that plays alpha legion always kind of cringes when they think about headhunters from the first edition because they weren't bad but they were just stratospherically expensive for what they did mm. now they're not now they're right where they should be, and they're amazing. <laughs> and the last thing down here also comes with headhunters, funnily enough, are Venom Spheres. Uh, these are a little bit different now. Um, any character, so squad sergeants, etc., uh, can take a Venom Sphere for 10 points. They're a one-shot, eight-inch range, uh, assault six, uh, strength one, AP dash, poison three plus. It's a, it's a weird war piece of war gear, but it's still kind of fun. It is. Um, is it effective? Maybe. Is it going to be entertaining? Definitely. Yeah. Again, it's that matter of, uh, and you said headhunters have these too, right? Yeah. The headhunter prime, the squad, uh, sergeant comes with a single venom sphere. Okay. I don't know if they were all equipped with it and they can all just chuck venom oh, spears. That would be fun. 40 dice. That would be a little over the top, but it would fun. AP dash, though. <laughs> it is only strength one. Um, there are a couple of things that are immune to poison that'll kind of laugh it off. But um, even against robots, uh, automata, you have to re-roll fleshbane and poison. Not a bad chance with a three plus. Right, which, yeah. I found it a little bit weird with the uh, the dreadnoughts. Mm-hmm. Also having the re-roll poison where you see poison two up and three up most commonly. So that right. I feel like that particular little bit of uh, insurance isn't really that effective. But again, I'm digressing for something else. But that'll be a Dreadnought episode here. Yeah, <laughs> Dreadnought episode coming soon. Hurry up, Steven. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, how about since I've talked about them so much, mm. because I love them so much, mm-hmm. why don't we start with the uh, Headhunters? Okay. For rules. All right. You want to jump in there? All right. Heck yeah. Uh, because any Alpha Legion player wants to use Headhunters. <laughs> they wanted to use them last edition, and it was just shy of actively hamstringing yourself to try and fit them in. Yeah. Because uh, I think they started at 225 points for five dudes. It, it was expensive. I do remember that. Oh, yeah. And they were slightly shootier veterans Mm -hmm. it wasn't a great time uh but oh boy is it good now like they are worth the wait (laughs) so uh they start out at 125 points um pretty much a basic marine stat line across the board uh, except for ballistic skill five and they've got one bump up to uh leadership for leadership eight and nine on the sergeant Mm mm-hmm uh, you get five, uh, four headhunters and a prime. Each one of them have a Bane Strike combi bolter, the twin-linked one. 
a power dagger, a bolt pistol, a venom sphere on the headhunter, and uh, frag crack grenades and power armor. But it gets better because uh, they are skirmish, which means they need oh, wow. a three-inch coherency instead of a two-inch, and they get a plus one bonus to any cover save they take part in. And that's part of the skirmish subtype. Mm-hmm. Uh, and special rules just gets better. Uh, they are relentless, which means they can move, double fire their combi bolter, and charge. I love seeing relentless more common with more units in this edition. Yeah. It's nice because I like how they've started putting it on things that aren't Terminators. Yeah. Terminators are bikes. I think bikes were relentless by default. Yeah. Yeah. Bikes were relentless. But now elite units feel more powerful. Yeah. Like a hundred percent, like a eight foot tall tank armored man Mm -hmm. who's like a hundred year veteran can definitely move fire and unlimber a close combat weapon all in the same like couple yeah. of seconds. Like I would love to in previous editions, I would have loved to take missile launchers on my uh you know, like veterans and stuff. And sure they can oh, get the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. the sling, but you know, it got kind of goofy with the uh, suspensor web. So <laughs> I guess that was kind of like the proto version yeah. of these rules. Like they were trying to figure out a way to make it work. Cause I always thought of it more like Terminators are giant walking tanks. They have mm-hmm. no problems like, you know, walking forward, firing off cyclone missiles. Mm-hmm. For something relentless like a veteran or a headhunter team, I think of them as being like so practiced and agile that it doesn't take any time at all for them to like slam in the cover, whip up the missile launcher, and fire a missile right. in the time it would take like your 20 year, like, you know, average tactical Marine mm-hmm. to, you know, even. You know, get Load the missile the, launcher yeah. out of the out of the backpack. Yeah, like we said, elites are feeling elite. They do feel elite again. AF. And again, that yeah, you know, off the beaten track here, but yeah, relentless. I love seeing relentless now. Oh, it's good business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not all. Precision shot four plus. That's really darn significant. Spectacular. Yeah. Holy smokes. I feel like in our last episode, we talked about precision shots and how important it is to Very take out uh, HQ units and characters and having precision shot is a very, very effective tool. Definitely. They to keep are, your opponent off guard. Oh yeah. Um, special. And don't just think of it about like boinking shots off, like, you know, the Praetor or whatever. Everything in that unit that you're shooting at that's not a line marine is vulnerable. Apothecary, Vexilla, mm-hmm. dude with a melt-a-gun, sergeant that looks at you funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, anything is vulnerable. Knock it out. Mm-hmm. So every, pretty much, so these Does guys... have a subtype? Get rid of it. Right? Like... <laughs> Does it have war gear? Get rid of it. Absolutely. All specs guy. Vox guy. That's true, Knock yeah. Vexilla guy. Take them all out. Yep. Sirs are no longer looking out. Mm-hmm. It's every Marine for themselves now, apparently. And leadership seven mm-hmm. for your standard mm-hmm. tactical. Yep. And uh, 
once you uh, knock out that squad sergeant, you're probably on a decent-sized unit even. You can probably knock down enough casualties to make them take that break check on the lowered leadership seven now. Mm-hmm. But, um, and that's every, and two, don't forget, uh, it's every single shot at a four plus, And these guys are ballistic skill five with a twin link <laughs> Bane strike bolter. <laughs> like they're, they're definitely hitting. Was that a one in 36 chance to miss on a six sided die? Mm. You're hitting pretty much every shot you put down range. Yeah. Um, and in case you don't. You also have preferred enemy independent character. You do. Oh boy. <laughs> so you can re-roll against units that have an independent character in their unit. Mm-hmm. And so. which is pretty darn helpful uh, for a strength five combi bolter against toughness four. Uh, anytime you re-roll, that gives you a whole nother chance to get that uh, six plus breach for oh, an AP2. That's true. Good God. And this <laughs> is um while preferred enemy does not confer to models in your own friendly unit, it does keep the uh, first edition uh, vibe of if there is that subtype of unit or of model in the unit you're shooting at, you get your preferred enemy bonus against the entire unit. Yeah. Which is, again, like it just gets better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, wild. And then uh, for spe- uh, last deal, uh, infiltrate and scout. Never not going to be useful. Yeah. Good God. <laughs> this is for 125 yeah. points base. For five dudes. It I is don't even need to take any options for this, Jason. So good. You don't need a transport because you can infiltrate them wherever you want and then like redeploy. Yeah. Ooh, it's good. Right off the rack. Don't even mm-hmm. have to care. Headhunters. Good and God. they're 20 points each to add additional ones in there, uh, up to five more. That sounds like a steal to me. <laughs> it absolutely is. Um, I like, th- I've used both Seekers and the Headhunters. And while I think the Seekers can be a little bit stronger shooting, uh, with, uh, you know, they've got the option to take Nemesis Bolters, they've right. got the couple of ammo types if you don't, mm-hmm. they're a little bit more flexible flexible headhunters are less expensive they come with power daggers they're way better in combat than seekers are they're great across the board Uh, but just to get through their uh, little options real quick i don't know that i'd ever uh, you can switch a bane strike combi bolter for a minor combi weapon uh, for free or a magna combi weapon for five points i don't know if i'd ever want to because while it does give them a little extra oomph, uh, it does swap out the entire Bane Strike for just a stock bolter. And I don't yeah. think that's worth it. And maybe Volkite as a minor. Yeah, I could see but it. It's, it's still, that, that Bane Strike's good. It's, it's, the matter is range at that point. Mm-hmm. And like how far, or how do you want to run them? Do you want to run them in the back? All right, or you don't, I, I, and it is for each model. So if you need to keep a few like combi uh, combi meltas in your back pocket, just in case you uh, come up against something. It 
does make them more flexible, but it does kind of dilute the potency of just letting rip at like eight or nine inches with all of those Bane Strike bolters. That's true. Is uh, I am. Is there a combi graviton weapon? I don't think so. I don't think that so. That would be either. nice. I don't believe so. Because, hang on, the minor ones are Volkite, Flamer, Grenade. Correct. The Magnas are Plasma Melta? Plasma Melta, I want to say there was one more. I could be wrong. But yeah, the, the Magnas are the one shot, whatever used to be one shot. And yeah. the Miners are... Got it. You know, use every turn. Uh, and then uh, one headhunter uh, can exchange his Bane Strike combi bolter for a heavy bolter or a multi-melta. Again, I'm not super sure I'd ever do it. It makes them more flexible, but it dilutes what they're good at. Also keep in mind, with the multi-melta, it is relentless. Mm-hmm. And it is. with that being said, someone who might have vehicles to try to mess up your day might mm-hmm. have to worry about that. Especially if you keep them, you know, one or two. I well, maybe just one because it's twenty points. So it's mm. the cost of one other guy, but knowing that that unit now suddenly is a threat. Oh, definitely. Because, like, uh, for my, you know, in my previous edition for my rhinos, I would always put a, a multi melt or a, a melt gun on them, just because it turns that thirty-five point ten <laughs> can into an actual threat that a right, land raider right. is going to have to think about. Like, mm, do I want to take that Thanks, shot, Jesse? As an editor's note, uh, later on that evening, uh, we were texting each other and realized that, yes, the multi-melta is 24-inch range, twin-linked, strength 8, AP 1, and due to the fact that the headhunters have relentless and precision 4-up, this is a nightmare of an independent character-killing machine. So, yes, the multi-melta is actually a really damn good weapon for the headhunters. Um, speaking of pocket melta, uh, the headhunter prime can exchange his bolt pistol for a plasma pistol for five, an inferno pistol for fifteen. Uh, inferno pistol definitely all day every day four mm-hmm. up precision shot and just ruin some poor squad sergeant's day. Absolutely. Oh God, yeah. Uh, they can also mm. take uh, the prime can take a power fist or a stock power weapon. Eh, I guess, but not. It's only five points for a power weapon. I guess I could see like a power sword, but that does lose you the benefit of the plus one initiative from your power dagger. Yeah, and now with a sudden strike, that is mm-hmm. when you charge, right? You don't get yes. that. Okay. Uh, just like it's like the initiative version of Furious Charge. Gotcha. Uh, then you can take melt bombs and artificer armor just like everybody else on the planet. Yeah, the headhunter, it's for this, the, only the sergeant can take the melted bomb for 15 points. Correct. Okay. Uh, I think I would take an Inferno pistol over the melted bombs, though. I would, too, because it's more flexible, because you can't mm. usually slap melted bombs on characters. So, Yeah. Or, like, on two characters. So. Exactly. All right. Very cool. How about uh, some Lernaean Terminators? Lernaean Terminators are the elite Terminator squadrons for Alpha Legion, and coming in at 250 points base. They are in cataphracty Terminator armor. Boo. With your uh, standard uh, Terminator uh, stats across the board. With movement six, uh, 
four for your weapon skill, ballistic skill, strength, toughness. Two wounds each, because it is second edition. Uh, initiative four, two attacks, base, three for the Sergeant Harrower. And leadership eight and nine, respectively. Uh, they have Volkite Chargers and Power Axes as default. The Sergeant Harrower has a Venom Sphere. And they are heavy and line. Uh, yeah, I missed that the first couple of times through. Uh, these guys are line. Yep. They so can... they can score and mm-hmm. they can deny, which I can't think of other Terminators that can do that off the top of my head right now. But then again, we're still digging through all these uh, legions. And uh, just like the headhunters, uh, they start out great. I will admit they are kind of expensive. 250 points for five Terminators is pretty chunky. Yeah. Um, but they do come stock with Volkite Chargers. Mm-hmm. So they do have some decent range to them and, you know, decent amount of shots. Mm-hmm. Um, they are Legionus Astartes Alpha Legion, of course. They are Relentless. They're bulky too. They have It Will Not Die 5 up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are stubborn, and they have Hydran Exemplars. Now, this uh, particular special rule, uh, the controlling player of a unit composed entirely of models with this special rule must select any one variant of the Legionis Astartes X special rule other than Legionis Astartes Alpha Legion at the start of the battle before any models are deployed. All models in the unit with this special rule gain a bonus of plus one to all hit rolls made against models with the chosen variant of the Legionis Astartes X special rule. I love this so much. It's a tiny version of my favorite warlord trait. Yeah. Because I guess, like, starting out, I guess you could, you know, it's like they only have weapon skill, ballistic skill four. A lot of the other elite Terminators have weapon skill or ballistic skill five. Mm -hmm. But uh, this is functionally uh, better in a lot of ways. It really is because, honestly, for the most part, you're never going to see more than one version of Legionis Astartes mm. on the other side of the table, unless you're playing doubles, which at that point too, you know, your other opponent can take care of the other side. And yeah. I mean, in doubles, like you kind of get to uh, be flexible with rules anyway. Yeah, absolutely. It, a lot of, uh, normal mindsets go out the window with doubles mm-hmm. or any multiplayer version of this game. So, uh, so the other thing I wanted to make sure we could touch on, uh, they have, they still have the same option for, you know, normal Terminator stuff, heavy flamer, plasma blaster. Uh, they can take a Volkite culverin. Mm-hmm. However, heavy or not heavy, normal conversion beam cannon. This is exciting because I love blind. It is my favorite special <laughs> <All> rule. Right. <laughs> and so far, I think that and the heavy conversion beam cannon on the Predator are the only two places in the Astartes list you can find blind so far. Mm. If anybody else knows about it, like one somewhere that I don't know of, tell me, because I want to know about it. Yeah. It might be tucked away in some other Legion's uh, war gear, maybe. <laughs> Which would be funny if it was another Legion special unit, because mm-hmm. then you could borrow it, because yep. you're Alpha Legion. <laughs> it's good times to be Alpha Legion. Yep. So, um, also... As dedicated transports, they can take a Land Raider Proteus or a Legion Dreadclaw drop pod as a dedicated transport if there are no more than five models. And if they're numbering up to ten, they may select a Spartan as a dedicated transport. 
And as always, they do not take use up an additional force org slot, but its point cost must be still paid for the army. Uh-huh. So in addition to the conversion beaten cannon, they can also take a heavy flamer for five points, a plasma blaster for 10 and a Volkite Culvern for 10 points as well. And each, you can have up to five additional Lernians for 45 points a model. And if yeah. you, for some reason you feel like you don't want a power axe, you can change them out for a power fist for 15 or a chain fist for 20. I'm not sure that I ever would. So the other like ranged weapons are handy. They increase your weight of fire, but it's not a conversion beamer. Like that's so unique. It feels weird not to take it. Mm-hmm. And oh, big point, uh, conversion beamers no longer have that weird, what is it, like, um, it was something like firing calibration, where you, even if you were relentless or a vehicle, you had to be immobile. Okay. Uh, I never turn. really used them much myself, because my, my method of gaming was, I'm going to push my models up in your face and hit. Mm-hmm. So conversion beamers were never really my thing. Yeah, it's all those plasma flamers, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is an expensive unit, but they have line. They so have you, line. If you have line, uh, give one or two a conversion beamer, and they are a backfield bulwark. Absolutely. Like and they can nobody, hold your objectives in your side of the field pretty darn well, I think. Yeah, nobody wants to come across the field and fight that. Nobody wants it to come across the field to them and fight them either way. And they have it will not die. Yeah. So even if they are being hit by stuff from across the field, they still have another five up say or damage mitigation, I should say, roll. Yeah. It's it's real good times. Mm-hmm. So let's see. What do we think next? Uh special characters? Yeah, why not? All right. Uh Exodus. Uh is a fan favorite. Uh he's basically an upgunned vigilator. Uh, he does have, let's see, we've got... A lot of uh, edgy war gear names in this guy. Oh, yeah, right? He, like, just started scrolling through Tumblr, like, picking... <laughs> oh, that's like, cool. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. That one makes me feel things. <laughs> is it a 2005 emo album cover, or is it war gear? This one's going us. to my Pinterest. <laughs> Oh gosh, yeah, his um, aging ourselves. Oh gosh, hey, I'm I can't say anything. My favorite band is My Chemical Romance, so I'm never going to be give anybody crap for their music. <laughs> All right, so let's not let's, think about how old those guys are. So anyway, <laughs> all right, so we got uh, fun things here: ballistic skill six, three wounds, initiative five, leadership nine. Now, uh, he does just have power armor. He does not have artificer. However, uh, fun thing, he is a pa- very rare to have a power armored uh, model that is also the subtype light, which is nice. Uh, gives you a little boost to movement. Uh, work you your add wise, your, uh, how does that work? You add uh, plus one to your movement based reactions. Right. So he's, wow. At initiative five, so he basically six inches for any reaction he makes that moves him. Yeah. That's pretty good. Speedy little dude. So he can move behind. Which is handy. Yeah. That's pretty good. So, uh, war gear wise, he has power dagger, bolt pistol, the instrument, (laughs) 
uh, power armor, refractor field, venom sphere, melt bombs, frag grenades, crack grenades, shroud bombs. So he's basically like a headhunter and a recon marine stuffed into one. It's good times. So we uh, haven't touched on shroud bombs yet. That's a standard piece of war gear now, and that basically treats you as six inches away right, six from inches charge distances, further. or is it everything? Uh, just shooting. Just shooting. Okay. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't make sense for charging. That would be just stupid. <laughs> the downside is anything with night vision or primarchs, uh, just ignore them. Yeah. And, oh, the other thing is uh, it... Oh, gosh. What is it? I want to say it's an extra D6 for scatter for artillery, but don't quote me on it, and it would take me too long to page through and find it. Okay. Um, special rules. Uh, we're looking at a whole host of good stuff. Uh, he is relentless. He's got Pathfinder, so he doesn't have to worry about dangerous terrain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he uh, confers basically move through cover to a unit he's with. Too. Yeah, but he is lone killer, so I don't think that uh, that is a downside. Yes, lone killer. Uh, he can't be taken as your compulsory HQ, uh, and he cannot join any other units except recon squads and headhunter kill teams. Well, honestly, that's not terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, where else are you going to put him? You yeah, put him in like an assault squad. Get out of here. No. Yeah. Uh, then he's also got a couple of his own unique things: uh, the hidden hand. Uh, which is unique for him. Uh, he gets shrouded five plus, which is pretty nice. Uh, combined mm-hmm. with the refractor field, he's actually pretty darn survivable. And assassin's eye, so and assassin. lone killer, yeah, and lone killer. Yeah. Oh, sorry, we just talked about that. Anyway, no worries. Uh, for assassin's eye. Uh, whenever Exodus makes attacks as part of a shooting attack, the range of any weapons are not restricted or affected by night fighting, shroud bombs, or any other special or rule that affects distance, which I assume would also fall under um, the Alpha Legion special rule. I don't know why I'd be shooting at other Alpha Legion, but you never know, being Alpha Legion himself. Oh, that seems perfectly feasible at this point. Right. Oh, and uh, another fun thing, uh, just like a Primarch, uh, he never suffers any penalty to his ballistic skill from night fighting or other special rules, always makes to hit rolls using his full ballistic skill, including snapshots, and no model can take shrouded rolls to negate wounds inflicted by his attacks. So night vision on that part. Yeah, uh, Mm. basically night vision plus. Yeah. Um, Pretty darn good. Yeah. that's a good model. <laughs> oh, you know what? Yeah. I just thought of this, though. He never suffers penalties to his ballistic skill from night fighting or any other special rules. He's immune to blind. Mm. Because he's got that assassin's eye. Yeah, assassin's eye. You got the close it when the flashbang goes off. <laughs> um, oh, also, uh, the hidden hand, his other little unique fun rule here is for deployment. Uh, At the start of the battle, uh, the controlling player can place him in any position on the battlefield so long as he is within area terrain or at least nine inches from any enemy model uh, if he is not in area terrain, uh, regardless of line of sight or proximity to enemy models. 
Uh, if he's deployed from reserve after the start of the first turn, he may interplay from any point on the battlefield's edge chosen by the controlling player. If he joins a unit during deployment or in reserves and is deployed as part of that, he may not use any of the benefits of this special rule, but instead gains shroud, uh, scout and infiltrate only if the unit he has joined also possesses those special rules. They really want you to use him by himself. Yeah. Uh, because his uh, sniper rifle is pretty terrific, mm -hmm. and he can get plenty of work done by himself. Uh, so the instrument is his unique sniper rifle of unknown design and provenance, which seemingly uses a mixture of advanced bolter technology and gravitic accelerators. So uh, this is an auto weapon for anything that affects it. Uh, it's got two profiles, and you get to pick uh, whenever you shoot it. However, uh, shooting attacks for any part of a reaction have to use rapid shot. Mm -hmm. So, uh, rapid shot, 24-inch range, strength 7, AP 2, assault 3, sunder, and pinning. Uh, pretty decent chance of knocking over light vehicles. Light vehicles, tactical marines. Yeah. Um, oh, keep in mind too, this is a, um, it's a sniper rifle. Uh, so it does have sniper. It's all precision shots. It's good times. Oh, okay. So, um, oh, is it? not for rapid shot mine, but for like execution shot. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah. Uh, sadly you cannot precision fire, like, <laughs> I don't know. That'd be like the sniper rifle version of like fanning the chamber with an old yeah. revolver. <laughs> Sadly not. Um, it's very effective, but can't aim quite as well. Uh, execution shot is strength 7, AP 1, heavy 1, sniper, sunder, pinning, and deadly aim. So uh, deadly aim if you have not moved, he is relentless, so you can move and fire heavy one. Uh, but if you do not move, the attack is given brutal two, mm. which is good business. Keep in mind, yeah. if you do use that, you cannot charge with Exodus in the same turn. Oh, man, I was planning on charging him. Yeah, right? From with like my execution shot. <laughs> 68 <laughs> inches away. So, yeah, uh, it, it does. So, I'm assuming, because obviously... He's the only guy with deadly aim, as far as I know, right now. That if he has not moved in the shooting, in yeah, if he has not moved during a shooting attack, even though he has relentless, that doesn't count. I would, I would think. Yeah. Even if he has relentless, he would still count as moving for the sake mm -hmm. of deadly aim. Yeah, because it just says flatly if he has not moved. Yeah, I yeah. So yeah, okay. That, that makes sense to me in my head. I think so. Um, but all of that for a package of 165 points, yeah, which three is <sighs> not all that much. What's that? 70 points more than a normal vigilator. Well worth yeah. it. And I think it looks like he's a Praetor tier as far as his stats go, too. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. Well, he's not leadership 10, but still. He doesn't have artificer armor, but eh. Again, he's got shrouded... Refractor field. Mm -hmm. It's got a five up rerollable effectively in most cases. I mean, shoot. With that 72 inch execution shot, you're not really going to have him, hopefully, in much danger when you can anyway. 
Yeah. Uh, he's basically maybe a little boring, non-creative, but kind of designed to do a vigilator's job better. Because when you're not moving, you're getting those two potential wounds on, which can essentially knock out a centurion in one hit if you know you're lucky yeah are centurions still two wounds in this edition mm-hmm. okay i mean even a praetor is not going to enjoy having two wounds knocked off no nope nope they'll have to lean on that iron halo pretty hard yeah two wounds for centurion okay yep mm-hmm. cool uh yeah pretty solid choice here and it should also be noted that the Exodus is not unique. He so is not. If you really wanted to be annoying. Just put an Exodus on either corner of the table and you're done yeah. the list. And yeah, I'm already getting frustrated just thinking about it. Okay. Um, you are well within your rights to take two <laughs> Exodi. Yeah. Uh, which at first I thought was just a mistake, you know, like they forgot to put unique in, in there. But then I was like, wait, hang on. No, that makes perfect sense. Of course he's not unique. He's like, his sobriquet is literally the one who is many. Yeah. It Perfect. And Alpha Legion don't even have a single Primarch. Like, of course Exodus is not unique. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. It's good times. Sadly, Alpharius is unique, but yeah. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> that would be pretty funny, too. That would be hilarious. But we'll get to him here in a second. We still have another yeah. HQ unit, Armillus Dynat. Right, Dynat. So I like Dynat. He's kind of near and dear to my heart because my alphas are based off Paramar. And uh, he is kind of the headmaster of the whole Paramar campaign. Uh, but he is pretty good. Um Basic Praetor stats across the board. You got your weapon skill six. You got your three wounds, your initiative five, four attacks, leadership 10, artificer armor, iron halo. Uh, fun things. Uh, he's got a Venom Sphere, a Phospex Bomb, Frag and Crack Grenades, uh, and his paired weapons, the Prince and the Prophet, are his Thunder Hammer and Power Sword combo. Uh, special rules over and above the normal. Uh, he is relentless. He's got precision strikes four up, which is great. Uh, the weapon master special rule, which is unique for him. And the warlord trait, the heroine, uh, which he automatically has if he is the warlord. So at the start of the battle, before any models are deployed by either player, the controlling player, um, Dynas controlling player, uh, let's see, can select up to three friendly units composed entirely of Alpha Legion infantry and give all of them one of the following special rules. Infiltrate, Scout, or Counterattack 1. Uh, in addition, you can make, let's see, an additional reaction in the opposing player's movement phase so long as Dynat has not been removed. So, pretty handy. Um, yeah, reminds me of the old Alpha Legion Legion rule. Yeah. We can kind of pick between a couple different rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he can be pretty handy, um, allowing infiltra- uh, infiltration for infantry units that don't normally get to do it. Can't complain. Uh, counterattack, well, it's a little less useful. Maybe uh, decent in like ZM. 
counterattack always good and some zone mortalis. Yeah, I was thinking about dreadnoughts, but it does mention specifically infantry. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah, so he's not he's not Creed. Like no. you know, there there are <laughs> limits to his genius. No one's Creed here <laughs> yet. But uh, Weapon Master, his little unique special rule. Um, so during the assault phase, Dynat can choose to split his attacks between any weapons he has, declaring which will be used with which weapon profiles before any of his attacks are rolled. So he's got four base. He's got two non-specialist weapons, uh, which gives him five, six on a charge. Good times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Prince and the Prophet are his paired like uh, little mini Thunder Hammer and Power Sword combo. Uh, the Prince is basically just a Power Sword. Uh, AP3, Strength User, Rending 6. Uh, the Prophet is Strength 9, so it's yep. a bit better than a normal Thunder Hammer. Uh, AP2, Melee, Unwieldy, Thunderstrike. Uh, so, Thunderstrike. If an enemy model that does not have the vehicle subtype suffers one or more hits, regardless of whether those resulted in wounds from the Prince, the Power Sword, uh, Dynat may make one attack with the Prophet in addition to any he has made with either weapon in Initiative Step 1. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you essentially double whatever attack you hit with the Power Sword. That's pretty good. Yeah. I, I do like the uh, the flavor text it has where the prince is ostentatious and attracts the eyes of the foe, while the prophet is the thunderstrike of truth delivered to the unwary. Yeah. Um, it does. Let's see. Because thunder hammers are. Are they brutal too now? They have something a little bit over and above a power fist, right? Uh, I think they're concussive. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. So instead of concussive, you get to hit with it once for every time you poked somebody with your power sword beforehand. Not a bad trade-off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty, pretty solid. And 185 points. Yeah. Pretty darn cheap. Yeah, compared, what's that, a good 50 points more than a normal Praetor? Yeah, like I, I'll, I'll, yeah. I mean, I have to reset my mindset with how things are costed in this edition. I haven't really given a real good once over and what to expect, what is it pricing, what isn't. But in my head, this would be pretty darn good in the first edition. Oh yeah. Uh, Cause over and above if not, normal, if not an auto take. Definitely. Um, I'm not a huge fan of his warlord trait, but it's not bad at all. Uh, over no. and above the normal Praetor besides the weapon master, he gets precision strikes four up, which mm-hmm. is great. And you definitely can't sleep on counterattack one, or oh, just yeah. counterattack in general. Mm-hmm. You can give that to uh, some headhunters. If they get charged, they have that extra amount of attacks with their uh, power uh, power knives. Yeah, the power daggers. Power daggers. Yep, pretty handy because they already have infiltrate and scout. Yep. Can't complain. No. So, um, before we get to the rights and Alfarius, I'm also like to swing by. I don't know if we touch base on the saboteur, which is oh, the Legion point, Centurion uh, upgrade that you can take the Legionis Consularis yeah. for 15 points. Extremely cheap. Yeah. Almost forgot that nerd. Yep. So the special rules, if you decide to upgrade one of your councils to a saboteur, you gain the infiltrate 
scout, and false colors special rule, as well as skirmish unit subtype. In addition, a saboteur may never be selected as the army's warlord and may not join any unit other than legion, seeker, squads, or headhunter kill teams. So similar to the Exodus. So false colors. A unit composed entirely of models with this special rule may not be targeted with a shooting attack by an enemy unit as long as a unit with this special rule has not made a shooting attack at any point in the battle. Once a unit or model with this special rule has made a shooting attack or successfully charged an enemy unit, including during a reaction, then the special rule has no further effect, nor does this special rule restrict the enemy from declaring charges targeting a model or unit that has this special rule. That's, that's kind of neat. I'm not sure how super handy it would be necessarily. Well, let's take a look at the war gear real quick. Uh-huh. Uh, they gain melter bombs, breacher charges, and shroud bombs at no additional point cost, and may select a nemesis bolter for five points. And in addition, they may not select the Legion Spatha combat bike, the Legion Spatha combat bike, excuse me, Legion Scimitar jet bike, or Legion Warhawk jump pack. I have yet to find a place for him. Uh, they did in the first edition. They got that neat little deal where they could roll a single penetrating hit on an enemy vehicle mm-hmm. when they came in from reserves. Now the saboteur that was a general. That was a uh, generic. Okay. Council wasn't it? If I remember right. Oh wait, wait. No, that was the that was the original saboteur because they kind of competed with the vigilators there too. Okay. Because yeah. I think the vigilator got something similar, but not quite as good. The saboteur definitely got a better version. Oh. But uh, now it's uh, they're not bad. They're inexpensive. They're fifteen points, twenty mm-hmm. with the nemesis bolter. You're probably definitely going to take on him. It's. <sighs> Which is kind of, yeah, I guess it is half the points of what a um, console normally has to pay for the Nemesis Bolter. But Infiltrate Scout is okay. Mm-hmm. And False Colors does not seem like it's going to be able to do that much. Like, yes, he can't be shot at until he has shot or charged something. Mm-hmm. But don't think that's going to be that useful that many times because he's either not going to be able to do anything because he will be because it has to be a unit entirely of models composed so he has to be by himself he can't be in a um, unit of seekers or headhunters well he can be in seeker hunter or seekers and headhunters problem is they don't get that False colors. Oh, rule. yeah, yeah. That's what I was. He can join them, but he doesn't confer false colors right. to them. Which I think kind of makes its usefulness a little bit lacking. Yeah. Um, the fit that, you know, we'll say 20 points because you are taking that Nemesis Bolter. Mm-hmm. Four Melted Bombs, Breacher Charges, and Shroud Bombs. Definitely something worth considering if you're doing a small point uh, game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That being said, oh, one of the things I could probably see using because... Because you can't get shot at, but you can be charged. If you can, if your opponent has like dedicated uh, tank units on the field, mm-hmm. where obviously tanks can't charge, a predator is not going to be able to charge you. And the fact that you get infiltrate and scout, 
that actually makes a little bit more sense because the saboteur was geared towards taking out vehicles. Mm-hmm. So if you're infiltrating close to a vehicle, it, uh, it, in my head, that makes a little more sense. It's, it's cheap because you mm. probably wouldn't expect this thing to last very long because it is going behind enemy lines at some point if you're going to try to use it. Yeah. The trick is to getting it to vehicles before opponents can get up there and charge you. Right. So I can see some use for it. It's going to take some finagling, but um, I feel that's how that's how you would run it. That's about the most I could think of. And again, for 20 points, it, it's an HQ. And uh, so, yeah, that would be what, 70, uh, 70 point HQ? Yeah. Not mad at it. No. But I uh, can tell you what I'm definitely not mad at. Mm. It's Alfarius. Yeah, let's talk about Alfarius. So, as far as Primarchs go, uh, he is kind of the smallest. He is a probably a little bit of a budget Primarch, I guess you could call him. Um, cut, well, at four sixty-five, no, I think he's in the middle of the pack from what I've seen. Yeah, because I was I was just thinking about that, like as I said, because like Mortarians pretty hardcore he's like 425 um but i think kind of uh, appropriately he's he's very good in combat uh weapon skill ballistic skill seven strength toughness wounds initiative attacks all six leadership 10 uh two up save primark business um he's not as great in combat as say like russ Angron, the lion, of course, uh, but he does a good job of benefiting the rest of the legion. Yeah. So, uh, like other primarchs, uh, they have to be the warlord. Uh, he automatically has sire of the alpha legion, which uh, at the start of the battle, after all models from all armies have been deployed, including infiltrators and scouts, uh, Alpharius's player can select up to three friendly units. Can Comprised of Alpha Legion. Uh, the selected units may be redeployed to any position in the controlling player's deployment zone or placed into reserves. Um, you can also pick uh, a single phase at the start of any turn in which Alpharius's controlling player is the reactive, and you can gain an additional reaction in that chosen phase, which is pretty good, very flexible. Um, so I think it pairs kind of nice with. Um, couple of his special rules. He's got Adamantium Will, 3+, mm-hmm. plus, which is pretty common. He's got Crusader, and he's got a couple of his own unique things, Insidious Mastermind, and Everywhere and Nowhere. Mm-hmm. So Everywhere and Nowhere. Uh, before any models are deployed at the start of the battle, just like his Warlord trait, uh, Alfarius can be given any one of the following special rules, Infiltrate, Scout, or Deep Strike. Uh, You can select up to three friendly units composed entirely of Alpha Legion, and you get the same special rule as Alpharius gets. Not going to be bad. No, Uh, especially with that deep strike. Yeah. And that does not have the same um, caveat as the Warlord trait. It doesn't, or not the Warlord trait. Dynats. um, uh, Dynats. Yeah. Warlord trait. Uh, doesn't have to be infantry. Uh, infantry. Yeah, just has to have Alpha Legion. So we're talking tanks. 
Mm-hmm. Predators. <laughs> uh-huh. Now we are approaching Creed level. Yeah. Um, if it's got uh, Alpha Legion, infiltrate it, deep strike it, scout it. The world is your space oyster. <laughs> uh, we've also got Insidious Mastermind. Uh, at the start of any turn in which Alpharius' player is active and Alpharius is on the battlefield, including uh, in a transporter in a building, you can grant one of the listed special rules to all models in the army with Alpha Legion, including Alpharius, that are not vehicles until the start of the controlling player's next turn. Uh, you can do Fleet 2, Sudden Strike 1, or Preferred Enemy Everything. Mm. Every single model in your army that is not a vehicle, preferred enemy everything. Wow. It's good days. Mm-hmm. Uh, on to war gear. Uh, Pythian Scales gives the Primarch standard 2 plus armor, 4 plus invulnerable. Uh, in addition, hits caused by weapons with fleshbane or poisoned gain no benefit when rolling to wound. Because, you know, Snake Man. <laughs> Uh, and if it has no strength characteristic, treat it as strength one. So he is T6, a whole bunch of poison and fleshbane weapons rely on that flat damage to you know actually wound. Alpharius kind of makes him bounce off. His uh, spear is also pretty good. Uh, stays the same its strength as user so six ap1 melee armor bane instant death it is two-handed because you know he's a littler primark yeah and uh then you've got the hydra's spite is a uh basically a little mini plasma blaster uh it's assault two strength eight ap3 rending four plus and mastercrafted so can't be mad at it for sure. Yeah, the the Primarchs in this edition are nuts. Yeah, because all of that is layered on top of all of the Primarch like unit type special rules, which is a whole bunch. So yeah, to reiterate Primarchs in this edition, as a unit type, they have the following rules. Independent character, Eternal Warrior, Fearless. It will not die on a five up. Bulky four and relentless. And, Pretty darn good. Yeah. And they always count as character models. They are not affected by special rules that negatively modify their characteristics, other than wounds, of course. And in addition, they always resolve snapshots at their normal ballistic skill. And any hits inflicted by a Primarch, either as shooting attacks or in close combat, are allocated by the Primarch's controlling player and not the controlling player of the target unit. Mm-hmm. And these sh- universal precision. That's right. These hits should form a separate wound pool. Primarchs get a little special pool. <laughs> and as I, and obviously they are the warlord if you bring them into your army. I mean, clearly. Yeah. Who's gonna fight that? <laughs> <laughs> no one with uh, any man. no one with any bit of a uh, intelligence. I was gonna say something mean. Because <laughs> uh, Primarchs have their own special little pool. Some Primarchs' pools are more shallow than others. It's true. <laughs> but yeah. 
Um, so if, with that, we can tackle the uh, the rights of war. All right. Yeah. The rights of war. To wrap it up here with a neat little bow. Um, both. I'll start up. Both are terrific. Uh, you're not going to be disappointed in either one. Uh, Coils of the Hydra. It's the classic. You know it. You love it from the first edition. Hmm. Uh, in this edition, uh, if you'll remember those fancy uh, rewards of treachery, like all of that, like just menu of other Legion special units you can uh, pick from. Uh, now you can take three. Uh, like, what else do you need? It's it's great. Um, all of the units uh, as part of the detachment using this right of war by means of reward of treachery uh, gain the fearless special rule until at least one other friendly unit has been deployed from reserves onto the battlefield. Yeah. Uh, all units selected as part of the detachment using this right of war without the use of rewards of treachery gain a bonus of plus one to hit. Uh, made for them in all attacks, both shooting and melee, made during the player turn in which they are deployed onto the battlefield. Mm-hmm. So, um, all units, uh, limitations, uh, all units selected as part of a detachment using this right of war by means of rewards of treachery must be deployed on the battlefield at the start of the first turn, so you can't put any of these guys in deep strike, subterranean, flanking, anything else. Uh, and you must include a number of units selected without the use of rewards of treachery equal to or greater than the number of units selected using the rewards of treachery special rule. These units must begin battle in reserves or assigned to deep strike, subterranean, flanking assault, etc. that requires them to start in reserves. So not god-awful, but takes a little bit of finagling starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, again, three units, anything you want from other legions, unique stuff. Yeah. It's it's good times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one, Rite of War, a little bit less subterfuge uh, a little bit more in your face, but uh, Headhunter Leviathal, uh, this never got used in the past edition uh, because, as we mentioned, a baker's dozen worth of times, uh, headhunters were nigh-on unusable, and the right of war didn't give them a whole lot. Uh, It actually penalized them a little bit because if you didn't uh, kill your opponent's warlord, you lost uh, points because there were witnesses. (laughs) It's not great. (laughs) I feel that. Uh, However, they kind of turned it around this time, and uh, it's pretty good. Uh, Detachment using this right of war can take headhunter kill teams as troops and fast attack. Um, Keep in mind, it does not make them line, however. Mm -hmm. Uh, You'll see that for a lot of uh, rights this edition, so it's important to keep in mind where your uh, tacticals and assault troops are still important in this. Yeah. And not all troops are line. Yes, correct. Big, big deal to keep in mind. Yep. Um, oh, and a 
Let's see. If an army includes a detachment using this right, then the Slay the Warlord secondary objective is worth an additional two victory points to the controlling player of a detachment with this right. Can't complain. And during the first game turn, all units composed entirely of models with the infantry unit type and Alpha Legion uh, gain shrouded while at least 12 inches away from an enemy unit. Pretty handy. That's never not going to be useful. Mm-hmm. Unless they got night vision. Yeah, but they can't all be winners. We're playing night lords. So if, if you were <laughs> playing yourself, Jason, it wouldn't be useful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, and the only kind of small downsides, uh, any units with the vehicle type uh, has to begin play in reserves, and a detachment using this right of war has to include more fast attack choices than heavy support choices. Mm. I so think you'll be that, okay with that one. Yeah, it does limit you, because it has to be more, it can't be the same, so it does limit you right. to two heavy support, but, I mean... When you've got headhunters, <laughs> do you how how heavy does your support have to be? Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's great. Um, I don't. I went back and forth on this, like, because um, say like uh, Pride of the Legion makes Terminators and Veterans line. This does not make headhunters line. I didn't like it at first, but I think now it would have been a little too much had they given Headhunter's line, because yeah. then they would just no downsides whatsoever. Right. Yep. So unless you take a couple units of line to hold objectives, it, it makes sense in my head. Yeah. yeah. Where Because elites have just gotten so much better. They, so if you were much better. to give them line... There would never be a reason to take tacticals. Right. Or just basic troops. Yeah. You would just roll in with your right and then put them in the bin. Like with Terminators, get in line and say, like, Pride of the Legion. Like, Terminators are decently expensive. They're kind of slow, they're a little chonky. Mm -hmm. Like, they're sturdy, but they're not like setting the world on fire. Right. Headhunters. Yeah. I mean, Headhunters absolutely set the world. On yeah, fire. <laughs> yeah, it would it would be too much for sure, yeah. especially at their price point and being able to hold objectives. Yeah, yeah, because if we haven't mentioned, they are I think almost literally half the points they used to be. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, oh yeah, because they started at two twenty five. Now a full squad of ten, if you take all five extra dudes, is two twenty five. Yeah. <laughs> Just base. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would be amiss if we didn't delve a little bit into the legacies of the Age of Darkness PDF and tackle the one Alpha Legion HQ model that they have in here. Good point. Uh, Autolon Score. Yeah. Who yeah. is a Council Delegatus of the Alpha Legion. He has 125 points with a weapon skill, ballistic skill of five, a movement of seven. Strength and toughness of four, two wounds, initiative five, three attacks, leadership nine, and a two-up. Your basic council affair. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is. He has for war gear a bolt pistol, a rhyme shard, which I'll get to here in a second, artificer armor, frag grenades, crack grenades, a refractor field. He has Legionus Astartes Alpha Legion. 
is an independent character, has Master of the Legion, mm-hmm. he has Honor of the Legion, and has Warlord trait called Desperate for Glory, and can only be taken in a traitor list. Uh, his Warlord trait, Desperate for Glory, if he is chosen as the Warlord, he automatically has Desperate for Glory as Warlord trait. On game turn one, Autolin's score has Feel No Pain 6 up, increasing to Feel No Pain 5 up on game turn two, and Feel No Pain 4 up on game turn three and successive turns until the end of the battle. In addition, the controlling player of any army, of an army with Autolin's score as its Warlord, may select one phase at the start of the battle before any models are deployed onto the battlefield. During the chosen phase of their opponent's turn, Autolin's score and any unit he has joined may make a reaction without expending any of the army's reaction allotment as long as Autolin's score has not been removed as a casualty. Having that uh, flexibility of being able to decide which phase you want in the game to get basically a free reaction, that's that's pretty good. He's got... Okay. He's not bad. Like, he's pretty budget. He's a Delegatus. He's 125 points, and I, I still got two more things here mm-hmm. uh, for Honor of the Legion. Um, once per battle, at the start of the controlling player's turn, you may activate Honor of the Legion and take a leadership test with leadership characteristic 10. If you pass, and all friendly units that are pinned are falling back and have at least one model that can draw a line of sight to the model with the special rule, immediately rally and are no longer pinned or falling back and may act normally this turn. And his weapon, Rhyme Shard, uh, takes the form of a long-hafted axe with a semi-translucent recurved blade. It is counted as a power weapon for those rules that affect such weapons at strength plus one, so strength five, AP two, and is melee, unwieldy, and mastercrafted. Which sounds like a power axe to me. It's a master. master it's a master power, power axe. <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that is all right. If there is a tiny part of disappointment to the Alpha Legion list, it's kind of Odlin score. Like, come on, his wacky, like semi-translucent, like laser axe blade from with an unsanctioned fusion of STC patterns and forbidden Xenos technology gives us a mastercrafted power axe. Come on, guys. He's he, you can't be mad at him, but he's just he's kind of a dial tone. Yeah, it, it's well, he's got some useful stuff. I can think of a few other HQ units that I might take before him. Uh, the feel no the the burgeoning feel no pain is kind of neat. I do like that, or it just gets better and better. But with two wounds, boy, you really want to have that yeah. guy surviving. Put him in a Spartan or something for first few turns of the game. And that's the thing. Almost any place he's going to be able to really leverage that better feel no pain is kind of a place you don't want him because he's just got a mastercrafted mm-hmm. power axe. Like yeah. he's not going to stand up to a combat character. No, he's going to be, he's definitely going to need a com, uh, command squadron for sure. If you're going to choose to roll with him. Oh yeah. But I mean, at that point, I mean, a normal delegatus can do pretty much all the same stuff. And he's never going to be able to outfight something like a champion. 
I don't know. I'm just a little, he's so far like down the list of HQs, like even at a lower point game, I would be a little hard play pressed to find a place for him. How much is a Delegatus in this game? How much extra do you pay for a Delegatus here? Let's see. That is a excellent question that I am entirely unequipped to answer. Well, I've just got just enough here. Let's find out real quick. Uh, Delegatus can be picked up for an extra 25 points. So 85 points base would give you a, a, a Delegatus with no extra things, a bolt pistol and a chainsword. So yeah, he's way more expensive. So yeah, so that'd be 40 points for an extra for a feel no pain. that gets better over time. An ability to rally falling back units, which in this edition, pinning and falling back is going to be a serious thing to consider. And the Mastercrafted Power Axe, I don't think, yeah, I don't see uh, basic centurions getting Mastercrafted anything. So it's up to you if you feel like that's worth the extra 40 points. Maybe Well, that is a good point. Mastercrafted is, I feel like it's much fewer and farther between than it was before. Because I feel like in the first edition, like, everybody was slapping Mastercrafted on everything. Mm, sure. Mastercrafted. Artificer armor. Yeah. Refractor yep. field. Delegatus came stock with a, you could add, ma- basically you got mastercrafted for free on one of his weapons. Yeah. So that's kind of like old school. But. Yeah. But again, this, it's, this is a legacy document. So right now he currently, cause this was for a, a special forge world edition model. If I remember right. Oh yeah, the uh, he was a special edition uh, character. Yeah, the Alpha Legion. But he's got that little uh, swagger stick. He's got the left-handed power axe. The lion helmet. He's got that super sweet, yeah, like that yeah. little oni helmet with like mm-hmm. the grotesque on the front. Yeah, it's terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. See him across the table. Yeah, I'd respect that. But I think that's the only uh, Alpha Legion unit they have in the Legacies document. And I don't well, believe they have an exemplary. Well, I mean, I guess they have everything in the Legacies document. I was going to say, that's true. It, it, there's only one unit with Legionus Astartes Alpha Legion. But there are a lot of Alpha Legion units in that document. <laughs> Listeners, if you were to take a unit from, honestly, any of these books to roll in with your Alpha Legion uh, army, what would it be? Obviously, a legal selection. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I'd want to know what somebody would take if you had to pick out of like the legacy or exemplary battles. Like, because mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, I feel like the easy go to is always going to be something super shooty, um, like uh, Tyrant Terminators or Fulman Taurus. Mm-hmm. Like, get that nonsense out of here. Like, bring me some fun stuff that would make me think, like, why on earth would you do that? Sell it to me. Yeah. Make it unique. Let's let's see what you got. Yeah. Like, I mean, Iron Circle. That's... I'm a huge fan <laughs> of Automata. I'm going to find... I don't have rules for Automata yet. I can't play with a Pravian. I mm. figured out a way to put like one of the very few surviving Automata in my list. Yep. Bring that kind of energy. There you go. But yeah, so uh, yeah, that's our uh, first impressions of the Alpha Legion. Thank you all for listening. I don't have anything else to say about the Alpha Legion this uh, episode. Yourself, Jason? 
I I can't say enough nice things about them. I mean, mm-hmm. they feel I know we're very new. Like everybody is young and inexperienced at second edition Horus Heresy. But this feels like exactly what it should be like they're strong in some places but not all places they definitely have weaknesses Mm -hmm. they are terrific to play they feel like the not only do they feel like the alpha legion but they play well they're not fiddly they're not it's not like you know they have rules that don't sync up or don't seem to go together. Mm-hmm. Sorry, white scars. Uh, they just feel like a lot of thought and time and effort and playtesting and passion was put into them, and they work so well. Yeah. As someone who's on the opposite side of Alpha Legion, my first initial gut reaction is to use uh, tanks when possible. Due to the fact that other than most of their weapons, especially their power weapons and stuff, are geared more towards infantry. And uh, longer range weapons, so I'm thinking like Volkite. Las cannons work for everything, so whatever, Las cannons, I guess. Um, yeah, because you're going to have to overcome the shroud bombs and the two-inch uh, special rule they have. The old LNO. Yeah, LNO. The ALLNO special rule. The yeah, know. Um, yeah, long-range weaponry, tanks, I think would be a good uh, counter to them. Just make sure you get that saboteur charged out of the way when you can. Mm-hmm. But it's a, strong, it's a strong legion. Oh, yeah. They are very, very deadly at short-ranged firefights. Yeah. Um, especially when they can make you fail a charge. Mm-hmm. They're a very good, like, count, short-range firefight, counter-assault sort of legion. Um, but again, they have to be well-supported, because as good as a headhunter kill team is, uh, vehicles and dreadnoughts are going to cause a lot of problems for them. And outside of the sergeant, they still are in power armor. They are. And, and you can get stuff that ignores cover to get rid of that extra bonus they get as skirmish units. Mm-hmm. That'll also be important. And like dreadnoughts, uh, after you get that like initial few shots, which you are not going to kill a brand new dreadnought with bane strike bolters, no matter how great they are, uh, you can't wound a dreadnought with power daggers because they're strength three. Yep. And they're breaching, not rending, so they don't mm-hmm. auto wound. So you have to rely on that melt bomb that the sergeant has. Mm hmm single melt-a-bomb, crack grenades, it's not going to be great. Yeah. And while you could take melting guns with them, may not be the most effective use of their uh, points. And again, melt is only going to ding one, mm-hmm. one wound off. So keep that in mind. Death. But yeah, so yeah, we've talked a lot about Alpha Legion, and I hope this uh, gives some people a good starting off point to think about if they're considering making an Alpha Legion army. Let us know. Uh, if you're considering doing it, definitely do it. I can guarantee you won't regret it. You'll have some fun. You'll uh, have your opponents grit their teeth every now and then when you suddenly just teleport away from their charge. 
It's good. Be days. good time. But uh, once again, thanks for listening to the Remembrancers Retreat. If you like us, be sure to go over to Facebook and Instagram at RR30K Podcast. Give us a like. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to our podcast. Leave a leave a rating. We definitely appreciate the feedback. And if you'd like to support our program, go to patreon.com forward slash RR30K Podcast. Become a patron today. We have uh, periodic uh, hangouts with our patrons on our Discord channel, which the link to the Discord is on our show notes. Uh, we just had one last night, and it was a blast. Yeah, if you'd like to support us, go to patreon.com, select a tier, and become a patron today. And as always, I'd like to thank all of our patrons, starting with our Legion Praetors, Alex Self, Captain Sasquatch, Chaplain Asar, Chris Mack, Garner.Tree of Woe, Joe from Music City Heresy, John Smith, Luke Rizzuto, Matthew Boyce, Michael Tisdall, Mr. Baldwick, Nick Quenga, Rena the Floof, Sar Luther, Taco Tuesday or Bus 22 Rock and Roll McDonald's, What's Ligma, and Zachary Thompson. Our Legion, our Legion Centurions, Aaron Maynard, Andrew N., Dave Jones, Duncan, M. Tanzer, Gore Crow, Matthew Andreasio, Nick Hilda, Richard Bork, Scott LeMay, The Zoy, and Void Emperatrix. And finally, our Legion Sergeants Agrippina, Aircraft Terrier, Bull Farius, Chet Cheeseman, Dale Jones, Emily O'Hare, Garrett Lowe, Jay DeSales, Jonathan Crane, Carl, Nick Gillen, Noah Atkins, and Travis Smith. Thank you all for your support. We greatly appreciate it. And once again, if you'd like to join us, be sure to go over to patreon.com forward slash rr30k podcast. And this was a long episode, and that's all I have tonight. So until next time, keep those dice rolling. Bye for now. I love how you do the right Carl voice every time you read that. It's K-A-A-A-A-R-L. I got to do it. If we've done, if we've done anything to date ourselves this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Carl. 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 And that's a wrap. Yep. That's a wrap.